Hello, and welcome to the Almost Enlightened podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and I am thrilled to be back after a week's absence, having taken some time to rest and recuperate after a pretty busy stretch. I am feeling awesome today and have a fun topic to discuss that revolves around baseball, self-love, and confidence. I think you're gonna find it pretty interesting. So let's get this party going. Yesterday, I played in a baseball game. It was my first baseball game in about three or four years, so I was a little rusty, but it certainly didn't stop me from having a great time. You see, about three weeks ago, my old boss and mentor invited me to play in his senior baseball league. It's a 55-plus year league, and for those of you that know me, you're well aware that I'm nowhere close to 55 years old. However, the league is suffering from a lack of participation these days, so they got a little creative. They decided to allow two 40-year-old players per team in an effort to solicit enough people to field four teams for the summer season. Now, I do love the game of baseball, but when I was invited to play, I hummed and hawed before making a decision. Some of the reasons for not making an immediate decision included how busy I've become in my new life as an entrepreneur, not wanting to take away from family time, and of course the fact that I hadn't played ball in so long which might result in me possibly really sucking. Now, I've got to let you know that my ex-boss and mentor is easily one of the most persuasive people I have ever met, in a good way. When he sees the benefits of something, he's capable of building the most impressive case and conveying that case to you in such a manner that his logic is virtually irrefutable. As a side note, I admire that quality, and I've brought it into my own sales process with great success. In any event, his case for me playing on the team was that A, the games are all on Sunday mornings. There's a 9 a.m. game, and there's a 10.30 a.m. game. He told me that if we get the 9 a.m. slot, I'm home before 11, and I can enjoy the rest of the day, which in all honesty is still much earlier than when my teenagers usually get up out of bed on a weekend. And if we get the 10.30 a.m. slot, I'm home by 12.30 p.m., which is not too shabby. He also pointed out in component B of his very persuasive argument that it would be a ton of fun. A seniors league is a little different from the leagues I'm used to playing in. In the seniors league, there's a little less need-to-win spirit and a little more of a jovial spirit. Although I will point out that everybody was competing in yesterday's game. And finally. He pointed out that it's good to get some exercise, get my mind away from business building, and just enjoy a game that I have loved for so many years. In an odd coincidence, when I was invited to play baseball, we were contemplating signing up our six-year-old for a local baseball league in our community. Noah, who you've now met on a couple of episodes, was initially just as unsure as I was. For starters, he's never played before, so he was nervous. Was he afraid, just like his dad, that he might not be that good? And he doesn't spend too much time apart from his family, so he was a little uncertain about the prospect of doing it alone. But what's interesting about Noah's reservations is that they're very similar to my own, possibly because we think in a similar manner. But when you drill down to it, most of the people you hang out with think in a similar manner to ourselves, 
which explains why we tend to make the same decisions over and over again and end up with the same results over and over again. But I digress. Both Noah and I, after a brief family conversation, decided to enroll. The moment that happened, everything started to unfold. We decided that we'd take a few trips to the local baseball diamond, a two-minute walk from our house so that we could practice. What's interesting is that I was coaching a six-year-old on how to field ground balls. And as I was doing that, I was unknowingly coaching myself and reminding myself what to do when I get into my first game back. I taught him to maneuver himself into the right position to field the ball and then to get his baseball glove onto the ground in anticipation of fielding the ball. This came in extremely handy in my own game yesterday as I played shortstop the entire game, a position for those of you that don't play too much baseball, for which there is a ton of action. In other words, lots of balls being hit to me throughout the game. So as I walked onto the field for the first time in many years and readied myself at the shortstop position, I thought back to the little lessons I'd been giving Noah and told myself to square my body to the ball when it's hit and to put my glove on the ground so that the balls don't go through me. I actually followed my own advice and no balls went through me the entire game. Okay, I did commit a couple of throwing errors, but my fielding was pretty darn good and I was happy with my first performance in years. It was a pretty good starting point and a place from which I can improve. As far as Noah goes, he's now had two baseball practices and he's absolutely loving it. He talks about it all week leading up to his practice days and asks if we can go to the practice together every single day. This dude's motivated, he's hungry, and he's building his confidence. Interestingly, those reasons for not wanting to play have melted away for both of us. With practice, we're building up our confidence. And with the fear of missing family time, it turns out that playing baseball is actually creating additional family time in the sense that I go and watch his practices, which gives me time to connect with my wife as we watch together. And conversely, they came to my game yesterday, and we all had a blast. But let's get back to confidence. Confidence is a really interesting trait. If you've got it, you're virtually unstoppable. And if you lack it, it's challenging to get yourself moving. I find that there are two things that tend to get in the way of having confidence. And those two things are arrogance and ignorance. One of them is fear-based, while the other is related to awareness. Now, I'm a guy who spent a large portion of my life straddling the line between confidence and arrogance. When I'm confident, I can feel it. Things go my way, I create beautiful realities, and I connect better with people and energy. But when I'm arrogant, I use bravado as a means of covering up fears and insecurities. Now, you may ask how to distinguish between the two, confidence and arrogance, and I'll tell you that the difference is felt in your heart. When operating out of arrogance, the fear never abates and you're left with a hollow feeling that accompanies your thoughts and your actions. You have the feeling that you're on the wrong path, but you're too proud to acknowledge that it's time to let it go. By contrast, when you're operating with confidence, 
there's an expansive feeling that you can literally feel in your heart. You know you're going in the right direction, even if the road is uncomfortable or unfamiliar. Now, it's super important not to confuse uncomfortability with the hollow feeling of fear. Those are two completely different animals in which uncomfortability is the opportunity that lies ahead of you upon which it's overcoming presents an unfettered path to your vision. Whereas, by contrast, the hollowness of fear is the sound coming from your heart, telling you that the road on which you're traveling is not going to take you any closer to your vision. In short, arrogance is a mechanism that we often employ in order to stay in our comfort zones. Look, I'll admit, there have been times in my life when I've been arrogant about my professional life, my relationship, or my wealth. In all cases, what I've come to realize is that any time I profess my so-called excellence at something, it's usually because I don't want to dig any deeper in order to move on to the next level and grow as a human being. But being humble is a great way to overcome arrogance. You can ask yourself the following three questions if ever you think you may be stuck in a rut of arrogance. Number one, what's my intent here? If your intent is self-serving or it doesn't align with your values and your vision, then you may have received a clue that you're flirting with arrogance. Number two, am I here to serve? This is another way of asking question number one. If you're not serving others, then you might be practicing arrogance. And number three, is my goal bigger than myself? In other words, can I grow here? And is this growth path larger than my own needs? In all three cases, if you're being honest with yourself, the way you feel about answering those three questions will let you know if you're operating with arrogance or confidence. If you're operating with confidence, then you're on the right track. But if you're not, then it's time to ditch the arrogance because it's not serving you. Let's look at a baseball example. When I was younger, I used to play baseball at a pretty high level. I left the game because I got injured one year and had to miss an entire season due to an errant slide into second base and a bone that nearly popped out of my skin. And yes, that truly happened. But I worked hard in the offseason and I made the team the following year, only to re-injure myself doing a different sport, causing me to have to miss yet another full season. When you couple that with a greater love of alpine skiing, my baseball days came to an end. However, I always saw myself as a great baseball player because once upon a time, I was a great baseball player. But as the years went by and people improved their baseball skills while mine atrophied, I was losing any dominance I may once have had. Once upon a time, when I joined a recreational league over a decade later, I had this belief that I was going to be awesome and pick up where I'd left off. That, my friends, was arrogance and ignorance. I should know that if you don't practice something, you're likely going to regress. But as I played my first game in over a decade, I realized pretty quickly that I'd lost a lot of skill to the years of not playing. That arrogance turned into humility pretty darn quickly. So I decided to become a student again and ask for help. 
One of the people that helped me was a customer of mine who once coached the Canadian women's national softball team. When I was at his office for a meeting, I explained how terrible I'd become at baseball. And he told me about his passion outside of business, which was coaching baseball. I was absolutely dumbfounded. Imagine that. For all these years, I'd been calling on this customer and had zero idea that he was a baseball guru. So with humility and grace, I asked if he'd give me a few pointers. He was all too happy to help me, and he picked up a golf club that was lying around his office because there weren't any baseball bats to be seen, and he took me out to the parking lot. For the next half hour, he taught me proper weight transfer, proper gripping of the bat using a golf club, of course, and proper form. I was literally relearning how to hit a baseball. Now, up until that point, my hitting in this league that I was in was pretty meager that season. But after that lesson and spending some dollars at the local batting cage, I developed a swing that began to net me the odd out-of-the-park home run. I began to coach what I'd learned to other players on the team that were interested in learning, and those players began to improve as well. I began to think beyond myself, which was one of the keys to everyone's success. You see, when we do things for the greater good, in this case for the team, it always comes back. This is why teachers are often such remarkable people. It's because they're constantly giving to their students. The more they give, the better they become with the subject they're teaching. Everyone gets lifted, including the teacher. So if you ever want to get good at something, practice until you become adept at it, and then start teaching it. You'll see your skill level skyrocket in no time. There's something else that often gets in the way of confidence, and that's ignorance. Ignorance doesn't have to be a bad thing. Often, when we say that someone is ignorant, we say it in a demeaning fashion, when indeed, all it really means is a lack of knowing. In fact, the opposite of ignorance is awareness. If I'm not aware of something, I'm not a jerk. I simply need to gain the awareness. Therefore, lack of awareness or ignorance is often a stumbling block on the road to confidence. Young Noah may not be the greatest baseball hitter yet, but that's because he's got a lot to learn. Every time we go to practice at the local diamond, his awareness increases, and so too does his skill level. As his awareness and skill set improve, his confidence goes up in direct proportion. I can literally see it unfolding every time he practices. And the beautiful thing about life is there's always room to grow. For example, in the history of baseball, no batter on the planet has ever come remotely close to hitting a thousand, which means hitting the ball in play every time you're up to bat for an entire season. This means that we can always get better. But when we become arrogant, this is what prohibits us from growing. Arrogance renders us stagnant. So in order to grow, one has to ditch the arrogance and open up the awareness so that we may grow again. So how do we do that? Another way to ditch arrogance and open up awareness is to begin to love oneself unconditionally. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on just a second here, Alex. You just told me that I want to think beyond myself, and now you're literally telling me to love myself more? Come on, dude, you're confusing me. 
Okay. As in so many facets of life, the difference between two seemingly opposing concepts is often razor thin. Limiting oneself by not improving upon where we're currently at because we think we're so unbelievable is arrogant. Loving oneself to the extent of recognizing our accomplishments, yet knowing that there's still room for improvement, is the key to growth through increasing awareness and humility. I'm going to repeat that because it's so unbelievably important. Limiting oneself by not improving where we're currently at because we think we're so unbelievable is arrogant. But loving oneself to the extent of recognizing our accomplishments, yet knowing that there's still room for improvement, is the key to growth through increasing awareness and humility. We are pretty darn hard on ourselves, aren't we? During yesterday's baseball game, I made a couple of throwing errors that made me feel, eh, pretty embarrassed. As I stood on the field, instead of completing the third out to finish the game, I could feel all eyes on me and the unforced error that I'd just committed in throwing a routine ball to the second baseman in order to finish the game. However, I had just thrown the ball into the dirt, resulting in the ball going into the outfield. Oh, <laughs> man, did I feel dumb. And the other team scored a point, bringing them closer to tying us. But nobody on my team screamed at me. Nobody told me that I'm an idiot. I was the only guy giving myself the gears for the botched play. So I took a deep breath, acknowledged to myself that we hadn't lost the game, and that I can be better. We finally made the third out, and we won the game. Yes, I'd made a couple of errors throughout the game, but I'd also done a lot of great things, and even hit an out-of-the-park home run, which felt awesome. The point being that win or lose, I ditched arrogance, adopted humility, and relied on an understanding of my skills to get me through the game. I'm now aware of what I need to practice before next game, and I'm eager to continue contributing to the team's effort. I will be better next week. When you celebrate who you are, where you're at, where you're going, and refuse to berate yourself, you'll find it easier to grow your confidence and your self-love. This doesn't mean that we're not allowed to be critical of ourselves and our efforts, but it does mean that we have to come up with a different way to reframe the learning process. So instead of thinking or saying to yourself that you suck at something, simply ask yourself, what can I do to improve? This is a forward-thinking exercise that takes us out of the past and into our desired outcome. We all want to be better workers, better partners, better parents, better stewards of the earth, right? So instead of telling yourself why you're such a lousy partner, ask yourself what you can do to be a better partner. I had to ask myself the same question after yesterday's baseball game. What can I do to be a better team player? When I go to the diamond with Noah this week, I'll practice throwing the ball to a target so that I can improve my aim, my ball release, and my confidence. Next week, I'll be better. And along the way, I'll teach Noah what I'm focusing on so that he too can improve those skills. I'm giving and I'm getting. My goal is for the betterment of the team, the lessons I can teach Noah, and for my own growth and improvement. Plus, I'm sharing the experience with you today as a way of teaching what I'm learning about confidence and self-love. The more of it I can develop, the more of it I can share, 
which provides the answer to the question number three as to whether I'm operating in a mentality of arrogance or confidence, i.e., is my goal bigger than myself? It turns out that if I can share the lesson with numerous people, then I am indeed serving a greater audience, including myself. I love that, which is the philosophy that I'm attempting to bring in to more facets of my life and thereby increase my own self-love. It's a well-known fact that it's terribly difficult to love anyone unconditionally when you don't love yourself. For most of us on the planet, self-love is a never-ending exercise. Accepting who we are, yet having the awareness to want to grow and improve, is a surefire way to build confidence and self-love. When you set your intention and it's consistent with your vision that incorporates a more global and community-based sharing and giving perspective, then you're well on your way to hitting a home run every time. And when you operate with confidence and self-love on a consistent basis, we're talking about grand slams for the world. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. If you like what you're hearing and think that someone you know could benefit from today's discussion, please forward this episode to your network. My goal is to learn, to grow, and to share all in the spirit of love. We're building something pretty special here, and I know that it's going to take a team of like-minded people to continue lifting the world and spreading the spirit of love and compassion. Thanks as always, and know that I appreciate you.